Hi, this is Thomas from Quest and Chaos. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and joining us on this chaotic adventure. If you want to listen to our other exciting podcasts, such as Swords and Sages, Chaos Agent, Spelljammer, and many more, please visit our website at questsandchaos.com slash podcasts for links to your favorite podcast platform of choice. Now, if you enjoyed this content and want to support us, please consider joining our Patreon for exclusive content, cast interaction, and more at patreon.com slash questsandchaos. Now, enjoy the podcast. But I want to be chill. Okay. All right, let's I just mean, fucking I mean, start yeah. With this. I mean, just like this. I mean, this is it. Hey. 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 Hey, everybody. And do you want to start? No, I don't. You can start. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Untitled Podcast. This is episode six. Should read it right there. Six. That took me a while. I have. It is a. They're your fingers. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> I how they operate. I can't help you with that. So, uh, what are we doing today? Well, we're going to talk about the things that you've... Written into the document? Yep. And then we're going to also talk about the things that you've taken from other people. All right. So, yeah, that, our, our main topic is is leftovers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's nothing but leftovers. Awesome. So, uh, so we're gonna, we've got a number of segments we're going to get to today, one of which is the Q&C update, and followed by this week in Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. What's it called? The Wick. <laughs> Just waiting for the finger guns to come out. <laughs> I'll, I'll holster those bad boys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and then we're going to do a our main topic, which is an interview with... Don't say it. Don't say his name. With? Reno. I don't know what his last name is. That's the problem. Baton. <laughs> Baton. In the interview, doesn't he actually say his name? Actually, in the, in the interview, he says I pronounced his name very well. Oh, God. Okay. Right. I'm not saying that's how I always pronounce it, <laughs> but uh, yes. Yeah. So we'll get to that. That is uh, that is that's the run of show for yep. today. That's what we're going to be doing. So, so let's talk about studio flats. Yeah. So uh, it just uh, feels like more work for me. It's actually less work. It was so uh, as you guys may or may not know, our D and D session features backdrops of a tavern sort of look, and those are unprinted. Fabric. Yeah, cloth. Uh, and they just hang behind our uh, mm-hmm. people. And we... Well, and this set back here... This set, yeah. I made with a nail gun. We... W- did I not help you with this? Exactly. You helped. You aided. You gave me a 1D4 in assistance. Oh, <laughs> I provided way more than, than that. <laughs> yeah, D6 you, at least. You drove to Home Depot. You drove to Lowe's. That's about it. Because I, what? I painted these. Did you saw them? No, I didn't saw them because I, that you cutting your own fingers off, that's your problem. I need my fingers. I need my fingers to make money. All right. Anyway, so where were we? Thomas. So yeah, so, up so a friend studio of, flat. so yeah, so a friend of mine, uh, he's decided to shut his production company's office down and he had a studio in the back. And he actually offered us to move in there. It was a cool space. Cool space. Uh, actually, it was a very hot space. Yeah, it has no uh, air conditioning. No air conditioning or insulation or any quietness in the studio, which is 
not conducive to anything that we would do here. Mm -mm. So uh, anyway, so he's shutting all of that down. And he had a whole bunch of flats that he had made. So I went and I picked up nine four foot by ten foot flats. Which, so essentially yeah. the outsides are made or, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. It the looked, structure is made, but are they skinned? Yeah. I okay. mean, it, it looks just like the blue ones, except for, for the black. Okay. Which means that we have to repaint and put whatever design and yeah. skinning yeah. on that we want. So, okay. uh, so eventually that actually reduces the amount of time that it will take to redo the studio look when we get to that point. Because somebody doesn't have to build them, square them, measure them, square them again. Glue them, nail gun, nail gun them, leave them to dry, come back, skin them, swear 75 times, go outside, come back. <laughs> uh, somebody does have to take all the staples out of the side. And That's like easy. every two feet. That's easy. I can do staples. You say that now. Yeah, well, you I... You say that like someone who has never pulled out a lot of staples. I pulled out all oh, of the staples right. in the upstairs room when we pulled the carpet up and we redid the floors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so don't give me sounds like a, somebody who never did staples. We had a hole in our... It was awesome. Yeah. You, you, could, lo you look down from the upstairs into the kitchen. We had termites. Yeah, unfortunately, right. I couldn't... Like, my whole dream of that was to then just put, like, some sort of bucket-type container so that I could lower it down to the kitchen and ask you for <laughs> beer and then just bring it back up. But that never happened because we covered the whole, like, what, two days? Yeah. Anyway, home repairs. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so uh, so eventually, sometime this summer, uh, the cost to redo our studio has just dropped significantly. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are really excited about that. So now it's just going to be pretty much labor and... Uh, design so. and paint. And paint because I don't know if we have any paint left. Well, I think it's paint. Cool. Some rollers and some mm -hmm. drops and things. Yep. Anyway, that's it. So uh, that that's that's the update. We got some free stuff. They're <laughs> uh, they're gonna be in the van until we start this. Mm -hmm. We're gonna have to start it soon. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <sighs> okay. So it's a whole big thing. How was it running Exalted Veils? the D&D 5e campaign soon to be on Kickstarter. So, okay, so Exalted Veils. It was, I, I think it was fun. I think uh, the 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 encounters were fun. Um, I missed some of the elements that were in there. Uh, for instance, there were supposed to be uh, more crabs. So. I, I've got comments. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody wants more crabs. <laughs> This is probably interesting. No, I know. Do you not? What about crab legs? Crab legs are very different than saying, <laughs> I want more crabs. Uh, anyway, so there were supposed to be more crabs. Uh, those crabs are probably coming out into the episode. Just let the crabs go. Just let uh, them go. All right. All right, fine. Maybe there'll be small crabs. Oh, God, who cares? Whatever. Okay. Um, one thing I did like about playing in it is the fact that we are level two characters and I found that the encounters were nice and short. So it wasn't, yeah. you know, a battle of attrition where you're like, this guy has 212 hit points and I just have to sit there and hit him with my sword forever until yeah. he dies. And I think I think as a as a general rule, that's why I like playing low level D&D. I know other people don't, but you don't get the things. I know, but I like playing low level D&D because your combats are short, you're vulnerable to you know, instant death. If, yeah, kind of. You're if just you like, make a bad decision or taunt the wrong person, 
Yeah. It's not good. I'm, does a I mean, 13 hit? Of course it does. For 16 points of damage, of course I'm dead. You yeah. know, it can be that fast. And I think, you know, and I think that I just need to run more medium and higher level D&D to be able to make it more fun when there's more hit points, but they're doing more damage and the bad guys need to be. I don't doing know. I mean, I damage. think that's something that we can discuss on a different podcast, but yeah. I really struggle to see how you would make high level D&D quick fun yeah. yeah i was about to say encounters fun encounters interesting you know mm-hmm. that's a whole different thing versus just your standard like let's go fight a bunch of bad guys and a wizard right so anyway anyway so uh that that module and this was mentioned during the stream that module is written in french mm-hmm. by mr Bartel, Reno. <laughs> uh and translated into english uh and there was a moment in there during the crab session where uh, I made fun of 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 the translation because it was it was gripped. It was the the, the <laughs> crab grips you, grip you are gripped by the crab, and then you are grappled. Well, and that's the thing is that yeah. usually in D and D terms, don't we say you've been you've been grappled? Yeah. Or you're grappled, yeah. and that is meant to understand that you are a condition. You are specific to condition in D and D five e. Whereas you are gripped is not really a condition, especially <laughs> since I think, and I'll have to look this up, but isn't the grip or something like that like a um a disease or something? I've got. I don't know what that. I don't know. That, Hang on, let me lose. I'll uh, use the internet. Let's, you can talk. Let's tell all tell all of our production people that being a grip is a disease. That's that'll go well. Have you met grips? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving uh, on. <laughs> it, moving on. Anyway, so um, I looked up a crab stat block. I know we're still we're not moving on. I looked up the crab stat block. You gotta block let the crabs go. In the, in let the, the crabs go. In you need a medication the monster for that. Manual. And anyway, so they don't. They that nowhere in there did it say gripped, but it just said uh, it. If it hits you, you are grappled. So, yes. the, so the fix to that is just to take out the words "gripped." Anyway, that is a, the rest. Okay, okay. One element. Yes. In an entire thirty-four page document, that is a weird translation. That is that is outstanding. That is better than me writing in English, <laughs> right? Especially if you've read our early newsletters, um, or any of our newsletters. <laughs> uh, Link below. <laughs> yeah, uh, Amy has Amy has made me start proofing them, proofreading them before they're sent out, and it's you know it's important, and it helps. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. So anyway, so are keep... we done with your crabs? <laughs> I don't know. Are you? <laughs> I've had enough of your crabs, sir. I'm not going to the doctor now. I'll tell you that. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, um, are it's we, are we going to go to the wick? Let's go to the wick. <laughs> There they came out. I thought you said you were going to holster them. <laughs> Those were our finger batons. Anyway, <laughs> so just to just to do the crossover this week in QNC plus the WIC crossover. We're doing a little crossover here. Um, Exalted Veils is supposed to be launched on Kickstarter yes. starting mid-May is Mid-May. what we were told. Yes. So and probably somewhere around the, 19, the teens to the early 20s. Yes, mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, there is a link down below that takes you to the landing page right now, or it will take you to the live page once it's live. Mm-hmm. So either way, the link down below is going to work. Yeah, and a couple things that are interesting about um, the actual campaign itself is that it is a setting. Yep. So it's based on Forgotten Realms. It is so it's it's 
the Pantheon is based in the Forgotten Realms. Okay, so it's Forgotten Realms adjacent? Yes. Uh, Much like Darylin, our Mage Haven area, Mm -hmm. you can get to it by ship from the Forgotten Realms. Okay. Just by making stuff up, because you're a DM and you can really do anything Mm -hmm. you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Then it is a land that has a lot more mysticism, according to Renault, and he will explain this a little bit more in the interview. And also, um, they do have additional classes, archetypes, um, subclasses, and backgrounds. So there, and and again, too, I've only seen some early stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. where I've seen the rogue archetype have an additional subclass, and I've seen the barbarian have an additional subclass. And then in our gameplay, we do meet um, a mechanist. Yes. Is how it's pronounced. Wasn't too sure if it was a machinist Uh, or not. It's a mechanist. Yeah. uh, And it is a full class. Um, Amy seen Amy called out the designer in our in our interview, being like, "This seems really OP." <laughs> um, but I think that you might have been reading like the stuff you get at level twenty, and well, yeah, everything's I mean, OP. And at see, level 20. again, that kind of goes back to the whole you like playing second level characters, and I agree, it is fun. But I do like some of the things you actually get, like some of yeah. the things you actually earn in some of the classes. I mean, that's why you take a specific class and that's why you take a specific subclass right. so that, you know, your divine soul sorcerer can fly at level 15. I know Ridiculous. how much you hate Ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. No, uh, yeah, no yeah, character yeah. is ever going to go above level 15 in my campaigns. Okay. I just want to fly. Anyway, so. Hey. The Wick. We, we jump right into actual Yeah, we're halfway through the stuff. Wick at this point. No, no, we're not. Um, so we're going to anyway, jump yeah. halfway through Wiki stuff here. All right. You got to scroll it, though. I can't touch the wheel. So we are going to start off with um, an idea that I had one day. And I was like, oh, my God. Except that this is somebody else's idea that they've already done (laughs) once. So I was like. Successfully. I have this idea. This is awesome. Let me start looking this up. Um, (laughs) And then use the Internet and you found what? Then, uh, Then actually I got a targeted ad. So your computer's listening to you. Yes. Got it. I understand. So, Journey to Barrel's Reach. This is a... DM-less. It's a a DM-less 5e campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't actually call it DM-less because it appears that when you play it, everybody ends up being the DM. what you look at me like? That's, I mean, that's 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 what I got out of it. Um, but so this is this isn't the same idea that I had. Okay. It is similar. Okay. Um, well, why don't we save your idea? And let's talk about what is Journey to Barrels yeah, Reach. Exactly. So it is for two to six players. Um, like you had said, like Thomas had said, it's the five E adventure, and it's a card deck. And so you get three decks with twenty seven encounters. Um, and so essentially, you get combats, you get puzzles, you get, um, you know what I mean, challenges and things like that. And you lay the cards out and you're right. If somebody chooses an encounter, if somebody's like, it's my turn to do an encounter, um, you do have to do the storytelling piece of it. And you do get like the monster stats and things like mm-hmm. that. So you're the one who's responsible for running those things and the rest of the players have to participate. Right. It's, it seems a lot more like there's um, a rotating DM than, mm-hmm. say, the yeah. Arkham Horror card game. Yes. Right? So the Arkham Horror card game has yep. a lot of story elements that we have to read, that you have to do, but it doesn't ever feel like there's one person that's the DM. No, because the card deck is the DM. So right. um, I forgot what the cards are that we pick in the Mythos phase. What are those called? Uh, encounter cards. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. if you say Mythos cards, I'm going to smack you. Um, but to me, those are the DM because right. we run the game and we know that it has to, like, you have to, like, 
you know, resolve any issues, then you have to like choose your cards and you have to play your this and do, you know, and then you pick the cards and the cards are the DM. So you just read the cards and do what the cards tell you. Mm -hmm. So essentially the game itself is the DM in this circumstance where this feels like you need to have somebody responsible to do it. And I think the reason why is just because you everybody can't have the monster stats. Otherwise, right. there's no point in it. Right. You know, and that's why somebody has to be the DM each turn. Yeah. So um, so this actually looks pretty cool. Um, our friends over at uh, the Dat Network. Yep. Um, which started off as Dragons and Things, and then they have expanded out. Mm -hmm. um, they actually did a playthrough. Of nine like months ago. Nine months yep. ago. So it's on their Twitch channel. And so if you go back and watch some of it, um, you can see yep. how they're just doing like the preliminary campaign. And so this, I mean, this, I'm actually going to scroll down to see mm -hmm. this. That's actually the Dat Network, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, there's a link um, on the Kickstarter page. So this is cool. So, you know, a print and play version for 20 bucks gets you started. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got, so it actually comes in a box rather than just a deck of cards, unlike my idea. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, very, very cool. Um, and then there's different campaigns. Is that right? Yes. Stretch goals? Yep, there are three decks, um, four campaigns, you know what I mean? Or th I'm sorry, three campaigns that you could play. And then there are additional additional things. Nice. Additional decks. So, I mean, I mean, definitely interesting and cool. Um, and I'm... Would... Here's a question. I feel like this is something you and I would play at home. Yeah. Or at least test. Yeah, some, you know, something where if we're like, I'm bored... I don't want to play a competitive board game, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, you know, and I want to play D&D, &D, but I don't want to run D&D, &D, right? So yeah. this would be great to be like, oh, no, no, here you go. Pull pull a couple encounters, mm -hmm. go through them. You're reading them. And as a team, you're figuring out what to do. Or would you rather play something like the, where is that? Pathfinder uh, game or Pathfinder or Dragonfire. Yeah, that's uh, it. I mean, maybe. Um, I think this would, this would have an, it probably be more like, Arkham in the fact that you're not just doing the mechanics of a game. Mm -hmm. This feels like you're playing D&D, &D, whereas Pathfinder, once you play through a number of the decks, the mechanics are the same. But that's because it's a change. card builder or it's a deck builder. It's a deck builder. But the, yeah, so you're constantly being, you know. The in, reason, the, the thing is yeah. to win in order to build your deck, right. to have a kick-ass character. Yeah. You know, which is what you hate because you refuse to play 15th level characters who can fly. Okay. All right. Is that all we have to say that, about this yeah, before right. we get into another argument about right. who's about which level's the best level? Four? Five. Okay. Because you get a stat bump or a feat. Yes. You get it's a, a break on third level spells. Mm-hmm. Five. Fifth level, best level. Yeah, I suppose because aren't your cantrips now you get that two D eight. Yeah. Or the two D what or the two D whatever your spells yeah. are. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I'm going on record. Fifth level. I kind of agree. Favorite level. Yeah. But I also disagree because at fifth level, okay, never mind. Let's talk about Kickstarter. All right. Sorry. Um, and this is, uh, is it here? Is it here? Click some buttons, see what happens. There you go. That, that so this one, mm. I want you to talk about this one. Okay. You, you found this one. Yeah. I so I simultaneously cool. think I stumbled on it both in Kickstarter and on Twitter. So Thomas and I were at some con, I don't know. And did we play with Elise Teague or did we stream? Just uh, drinking with her. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just was <laughs> drinking with her. 
Anyway, um, and so she's done, she's created games, she's written books about gaming, um, and so this gentleman who is doing this Academy of Adventures Kickstarter is one of her friends and she was promoting him on Twitter. And then I realized that I actually had this up in Kickstarter and was gonna look at it later that day. So I you know, decided to stop what I was doing and go take a look. And so this gentleman who does this, he is a teacher, camp counselor, um, and obviously has played D&D for quite some years. His name is Richard Molina Weber, and um, he also does game design. And so he is running a camp for kids. And so it is a one week, it's a five day camp. So it's a one week long camp. Um, the party of five, he runs beginner and advanced, as well as like a kids and adults camp. And essentially it's all over Zoom. You meet for two hours and you learn how to play D&D. And if you were in the advanced camp, you learn a couple more advanced techniques yeah. plus how to DM. How to DM, yep. just narrative storytelling. Mm -hmm. uh, that's in the advanced class. This is this sounds pretty cool. So yep. two hours a day mm -hmm. um, for this one camp. Week. Yep. For one week. Uh, I actually, when you were telling me about this stuff, it was the agenda or like the weekly schedule that um, that I thought was awesome. Okay. Wanna, so that's up right there if you want to take. If you want to, mm -hmm. so Monday. What did you like about it? Stories together. So it's telling stories together is Monday. Right. So I'm curious to find out what exactly does he mean by that? Is that talking about how to tell a cooperative story? Is it how do? Is it the manners? Is it like the components yeah. of it? Is it understanding your role in a cooperative game? I don't know. Okay. Maybe we should ask. Yep, I was about to say, I kind of feel like if I had any time, I'd sign up and be like, let's play. Yeah, so it'll be like in the adults class. Like, do you have kids? No. <laughs> Where are your kids? Right next to me. Uh, Tuesday, getting started with D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. Wednesday is your first quest. Yep. Uh, I mean, that that must be, so 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 you're probably. There's probably homework. Start, getting started with D&D &D is probably building characters. Yep. You know, figuring all of that stuff out, reading about your character abilities. Wednesday, your first quest. Thursday, developing your character. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, Friday is the boss fight and the award ceremony. <laughs> I know. I love the fact that there's an award ceremony. That not only do I have a character that I'm going to put in a file folder someplace and lose it for 10 years and then find it again and laugh and laugh, but there's also an award ceremony. As I was cleaning out my dad's house, I found my uh, childhood character, Draco Duels. Shut up. <laughs> How do you spell that? D-R-A-N-K. Drank O'Doul's. Yep, Drank O'Doul's. How old were you when you made that? Uh, under 12. Got it. Did you understand that O'Doul's was a non-alcoholic yes. beverage? Okay, just checking. Just checking. So why I was interested in this is because most of us don't learn how to play D&D like this. Um, in a structured setting with a instructor yep. and a teacher. Yep. And so I would be fascinated to find out how um, this gentleman is teaching this, like what mm -hmm. the structure is, like what you get out of it. How much is their homework? Um, does he actually give like a PDF of, you know, what I mean, the starter set PDF so, of yeah, how to play it, uh, to the kid, you know what I mean, to everybody? How do you how do you start someone to just say this is how you play? I don't know. Because I learned I mean, as, if you watch the video, it, yeah. kind of, it tells you a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. Um you know, you learn to play D&D, &D, go through this. The p parents can learn how to play D&D. &D, and he mm -hmm. actually then has a module that he's written that takes place in the academy mm -hmm. where uh, the parents and those kids can go off mm -hmm. and actually run that adventure together. Mm -hmm. But I learned how 
as an adult. So I learned from you and your friends and it was essentially here, read this book here, make a character. Then we'll go ahead and like fix your character and then we'll just go and play. And you just sort of follow along. You don't really like, there wasn't very structured. It was just read this. Go off and do it on your own. Uh, I think, you know, I think if I were to say, introduce new people now, Mm -hmm. um, the starter set with the pre-gen characters Mm -hmm. is a great place to start. So you you say this is a character that you should read their weaknesses and their strengths and figure out how you can play those things and then make it up, mm-hmm. right? So you're not then bogged down with a bunch of feats and, you know, what race do I want to be and what class do I want to be? You I mean, starting off with a pre-gen character is a great way to do it. I and again too because I learned differently, I would beg to differ in the fact that I don't think I would have learned enough about it granted that my first character i don't remember them much less do i remember learning anything but i don't think i would have learned anything about the characters without having to do the research and think about it and try and figure out what kind of character i want do i want to min max this like what do i want to do and so even now when i'm like i haven't played a sorcerer i want to play a sorcerer right i've never read the sorcerer until i played a divine soul sorcerer right. and then i went through and read all of the materials on sorcerer and said okay so how do i make the mechanics of this class beneficial to my character and work with my character and then what's my backstory based on the fact that i have these feats and these things that i have to do and i think that is daunting for somebody who's never played before I mean, look at look at Tassi, mm-hmm. right? So Tassi is an actor, and he does improv, and he is this amazing personality. And on Gloomhaven, he fully envelops, you know, the Craigheart. And <laughs> the booming eruption or whatever? Yeah. No, impaling eruption That's with it. Ezra. Um, uh, but he's, you know, he was uh, apprehensive at first about mm-hmm. playing D&D, especially on stream, because he's like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not that experienced. And... And it's just, I think, that the overwhelming um, amount of information when you're first starting. Here's a player's handbook. Even though half of it is spells, it's like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So breaking it down, I think, is uh, much easier for people to to get into it. So when you, so what, you learned when you were like two? Uh, So somewhere between kindergarten and second grade. (laughs) <laughs> okay probably first grade uh, I, my brother was five years older how did you read that the print on those first i'm assuming that was like the first, first edition, edition yeah the print um, is like so small i'm like how did you even read all of that as a child uh slowly <laughs> um when so i mean when i first started it was there was no role playing mm-hmm. it was what do, what does my character do uh you know uh, I'm, you know, I want to go and I want to buy this stuff or I want to go interact with this. I mean, it wasn't like I was enveloping a character and doing all yeah, of this stuff. I mean, it you was, were six. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm rolling dice and hitting things or missing things. It was, you know, essentially mm-hmm. a board game. But did you read the books? Did your brother teach you? Like, what was that environment? Uh, yeah, I, uh, no, it was. Uh, okay, there was no environment. We were in space. Yeah. It was it was very like just jump in and go, you mm-hmm. know. And I think, yeah. and and in fact, it was the the red box beginner set. So we weren't even using the full AD and D rules. We were going through a module that mm-hmm. was in the starter set. So even back then, it was the starter set. Okay. So recommend that for anybody who wants Absolutely. to start playing who hasn't played before. 
just in general to just do starter set? The starter set is fantastic. Um, the 5e starter set, the, sen- the essentials, kit, it is over there. Oh, okay. Um, the 5e essentials kit then um, takes it a little bit further and introduces you to making a character, mm-hmm. um, as well as rules for companions so that you could, you and I could play. Um, because there would be other companions there to help fill mm-hmm. some of the roles that you traditionally mm-hmm. need in a party. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, anyway, so we just got far afield. Kids there. camp. Yeah. Uh, it looks cool if you have kids. Um, it actually looks pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Seal of approval. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I don't know. I. It's one of those things where if I was literally doing nothing, I'd be like, "Can we do this?" Anyway. Can we lurk? Yeah, kind How of. How creepy yeah. would that be? Can I lurk on your Zoom call? <laughs> uh, find out the password and jump into it. All right, uh, so let's jump on to the next... Um, Adventures on the High Seas! The, le- the Sea of Legends Boo-boo-boo. is a board game that you think is for children. Wow. D- <laughs> <laughs> nice. I-, I said that... Never mind. I'm not even going <laughs> to explain to the audience what we just talked about. Uh, never mind. So this thing selling like hotcakes. It yeah. funded. I don't even know how how quick it funded. It was Ezra back then. He's yeah. a child. We're all children. <laughs> I mean, technically, we're all children. Um, so just, when I did look at it the first day it launched, it had already almost like by what two o'clock or something. It hit like a hundred thousand dollars on the first mm-hmm. day. So it's going to do well. It's a high polished board game. I'm going to just hit play on this video. We can talk over it because we'll kill the audio on it okay good um, but look at the production value of this kickstarter well, this is not their first tabletop game i mean these guys made yeah. what shadow run okay you know ba- the designer of battle yeah. tech and shadow run yeah. those are two vastly uh popular yeah yeah and so anyway what are we talking about with this okay besides just talking about how popular it is and the favorite part my favorite part of my video here is the monkey with the, the with the shotgun yeah and you said do you want a monkey with a shotgun in your pocket and i said no and she's like what do you mean no i'm like a monkey with a shotgun in my pocket i don't i don't <laughs> think he's got good aim and uh i'm worried anyway so that yeah <laughs> let's just okay let's Three, two, one. You know it's all staying, but anyway. Uh, Sea of Legends. We're going to probably end up having to play this. Which is, I mean, which is fine. I, I will play this. Okay. Uh, I, Ezra, has, like I said, Ezra backed it. Yep, we're going to end up playing it at somebody's house at somebody's party. Um, one to four players. I think you do get additional players and captains and things like that yeah. if they hit their goals, like the expansion goals. But essentially, it's a competitive board game where you are a ship captain, you have a crew, you try and get, I forgot what it's called already. I, my notes are all a scramble here. It's in, It's not intrigue. It's a renown. That's yep. it. Yeah, because it's underlined because I misspelled it. That's why it's. <laughs> that's why I don't know what that word was. Um, so your goal is to get like a renown, and you can do that by, I don't know, hiding treasure, doing stuff, doing piratey things, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can raid the you can raid the village. Mm-hmm. That's the Viking. Mm, pillage the village? No. Port. For, raid the port. Oh my god. Okay. Yes, raid the port. <laughs> Um, there are also um, NPCs that are in here. And so even though it's competitive, the other captains you're playing against, you may actually have to join together and for- join forces in order to like beat the NPCs so that they don't get enough renown and win. Um, it is somewhat story-based in the fact that there are 400 unique stories in here. Okay. Um, 
So I suspect that there's a lot of gameplay within this actual board game itself. So it's not like you buy it and poof, that's it. You know, right. it's like, you know, the so when you say it's a kid's game, I mean, you have to be an older child in order to understand and appreciate it. It's not right. like, you know, Monopoly or Sorry or any of those games, you know, Candyland where you just keep going around in a circle. All right, sounds good. There, there are fantastic <laughs> miniatures. Um, look sounds at this great. artwork. This artwork is is yeah. outstanding. I love the I love mm -hmm. the design of these cards. Um, minis again, minis, 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 minis all minis. the time. Yeah. So uh, on my deck of cards, it's going to have a bunch of minis that go with it for no reason. <laughs> Tokens. Tokens, minis, things to pop out, things to spend an hour popping. One hundred and fifty-five dollars on an all-in pledge. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. that ninety dollars doesn't even come with the minis. I bet, which is fine. I mean, you can use a meeple or a token based on the color of the card. Can you? Yeah, you can. The size of those those are not minis. Those are giants. Okay. Giant teenies. I call them. They're huge. Huge. No, not no. It's, <laughs> never mind. Anyway. All right. So anyway, so uh, this is on Kickstarter right now. They've mm -hmm. got. Obviously, a ton of marketing behind them. They don't need our help. Uh, we're not going to back it. <laughs> no, but I feel like we should mention it because it is popular. I also feel yeah. like it's not necessarily my cup of tea. Like, I'll play it with you guys yeah. if you're interested in playing it, but I won't be like, I need to have this because when I'm, you know, on a Saturday afternoon mm -hmm. or whatever, I'll be like, let's play this game. This isn't going to be it for me. It might. No. We'll have to play it first. Sure. Uh, I can already tell you it's not my thing. Okay. I kind of want to play Lords of Vegas still. Oh fuck! Anyway, okay. um, so uh, this is so looking at this. Uh, is Lords of Vegas in here? No, Ezra took it home. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, looking at this um, graphic is a perfect lead-in to our next Kickstarter, which is called the Arena. Boo boo boo! It's boop, still boop, fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars, six backers though. That's uh, it's uh, questionable. <laughs> Two fifty per. Not it's no. Not even uh, two and a quarter. Two, yeah. Okay. Wow, one person put in five. Yep. Anyway, uh, so this is the arena, uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. My cousin lives there. Thanks for the share. Yeah. Uh, so, so what else is this about? Uh, so this is an arena battle board game, mm -hmm. um, where you take on the role of a gladiator, and you have. Actions you can you have three actions so you can move you can attack or you can use your character special ability and as you level up uh, through different arena battles mm -hmm. you uh, get new cool maneuvers. So it's is it like Gladiator? So it's the end scene in Gladiator is what you're telling me. Yes. Copy. Yes. Um, and uh, so you have to kill the lions in order to level up, right? Maybe. Okay. It's it looks, hard. It, it's, this looks like a starfish head. Creature right here, so Starfish that's kind with of burning um, hands. Yeah, that's a, a actually he has both burning hands and it looks like ice knife. And it looks like he's like flying because there's like exhaust coming yeah. out from his robe. Yeah, it does. Um, it looks like fire and ice are propelling this guy's got him a into spike the sky. Shield. Okay, so so we are <laughs> so we are sort of making fun of this, and we we shouldn't uh, because it actually looks like it might be a cool game, right? Mm -hmm. um, however. Um, there's crayon drawing up top. It could be the look. And I mean, he's looking for $90,000. That's a lot. I wonder where those numbers are coming from. Right. Uh, so so the designer of this is in high school going off to college. Mm -hmm. um, but so this is 
this is the game um, on Kickstarter, right? So kind of jump back over here, see what this has in Kickstarter. But again, jump you're here. talking about somebody who is probably coloring this in and cutting it out and in game yeah. testing with his friends. Yeah, because it's right. Jacob. Yep, which so is a, which is probably yeah, him. Which is absolutely part of the process. Yes, this was is at some point that Sea of Legend looks similar to this. Like they yeah. started with cutting things out or stealing it from other board games and right. just laying it down and just saying, "What is yeah. this going to look like?" Or the fact that they designed it on InDesign, then had it printed, then cut right. it out. Kind I of. I mean, they, and yeah. they, and you know, and almost every game that I've seen in development has a phase like this. Mm -hmm. And that is part of the process. It is not part of a Kickstarter. Okay. Unless he was going to say, I want to raise $2,000 mm -hmm. so that I can get a prototype made. Yeah. I can get the artwork done enough to get a prototype made to then go to Kickstarter and have it look mm -hmm. great. But at how old are you? High school to college, 18? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. How it's, much it's, do you know about game development and design? You know what I mean? This kid isn't going to gamma meetings and right. understanding, like, what the stages are of game development. And I would definitely uh, suggest if you are interested in game development that you listen to the podcast Ludology. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew Gertzen turned me on to that podcast. Okay. It's a great interview with game designers, their process, um, mm. the tools that they use. Um, you know, uh, what the interview with the wingspan designer, she was talking about, uh, you know, the entire game is built in spreadsheets, right? So mm -hmm. that every card is balanced. You know, they can say, like, here's one person's go in this card, and it's balanced. Like, it's not overpowered or underpowered. Um, and then stuff that I've just learned is you can take spreadsheets yep. and convert them over into InDesign and put your artwork in there, and you've got a finished card, and you don't have to create each individual one you can keep updating and iterating which is what i've been doing and now nick has put a monkey into my card deck i feel like the monkey should be our little mascot for this episode because the monkey has showed up yeah, a couple times i think so not just the ones that next me <laughs> Ayo. so anyway. Uh, anyway so this may be an amazing game i mean i actually i kind of i would Reach i would actually kind of like, like hey, an arena based board game right can we reach out to Jacob and be like, hey, for shipping, can you just send me the PDF and we'll, like, figure this out? Like, should we play it? Maybe. Okay. This feels very uncommittal. Yeah. But yet. Uh, how much time do we have? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> in life or in the, sh <laughs> in in the show? Uh, None. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, anyway, so, I mean, this is, again, this could be amazing. And props to this kid for yep. designing a game. Um, I actually made my first RPG. God, please, please tell me about grade. this. Please tell me about this. It's going to be priceless. I'm all ears. What What was it about? Was there a monkey? No, there was no monkey. It was about it was about uh, skateboarding in a dystopian future. Mm -hmm. Your armor class was based on how many like elbow pads and knee pads you had. Makes perfect sense. I mean, if you don't have knee pads, you're one less AC. Yeah, am I, am exactly. I right? That's true. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the time, AC went down because I was using Dungeons and Dragons rules, and it was all backwards. It was, yeah, it was so all backwards. So, what was the chance of you being full plate on skateboard with penalties? Uh, it was, it was uh, once you had the helmet on. Got it's it. like helmet, wrist guards, elbow pads, knee pads. Copy. Full AC. Okay. And what was the goal? What were you supposed to do? 
How did you uh, fight uh, people? Fighting, uh, mostly fighting drug gangs. You know, it's all come together now. It really is. I'm seeing a lot more <laughs> of what I understand from your Carbon 2185 play right now because you're the one who I'm essentially me. playing that game I made in seventh grade. Exactly. It's all coming together, except now it was a scooter and you're curing people who have drug addiction by just shooting them in the head. And an interesting uh, turn of events, the, uh, the person who made our logo is actually the wife of the co-designer of that game. It's a small and sad world. It is. Uh, mostly, yes, I, I just reached out on Facebook. Is anybody a logo designer? Anyway. So what? Where? What? 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 Anyway, so uh, this game could be amazing. Um, it obviously needs... Uh, Some polish. Um, I think the text and the content needs to be a little more descriptive as far as, like, how are the mechanics working? Yeah. Or Actually, it sounded kind of interesting, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Just the number of actions, what you could do with those actions. Mm -hmm. Cool down periods for your more powerful mm -hmm. effects. Um, actually seems like a, a cool game. Yeah. But again, at the top, I was guessing, I was like, so is this an arena battle where I think just that first paragraph needs a little polish um, just to tell me like the who, what, when, where, why, yeah. how do you win kind of thing? Because once you read it, you now have to start pulling some of that information out of here. So, yeah, and I think this needs minis as well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, actually, they that's one thing they do have is they actually have minis. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think minis are definitely I don't mandatory know, here. I don't know if they design those minis. Or they might just, have. It's hard to tell with the image. They're prototype characters. Yes, yeah, they are. My, so um, I wonder if that's... Anyway, that's pretty insane. Mm -hmm. It does have minis, so it's so I'm surprised so that it doesn't I'm have 90,000 <laughs> yeah. already. You know what he needs to do? Lead with the minis. Yes. Just do minis. And then like, oh, it also includes a, a board game. Yeah. Cool. Potential. Anyway. There are some risks uh, yep. in this, backing this project. Mm -hmm. Might not fund. No, I don't think it will fund. But I think it would be interesting if he did have a PDF of that. And also, too, if we could actually get that hand-drawn artwork. <laughs> um, ooh, maybe, oh, maybe he could, maybe he could draw like a logo for the, the mitten, which we should really change the name of. But um, anyway, let's, let's, let's move on. Yep. So. We're going to move on. Renault. Yes. Our interview with him. Do you want to tee this one up? Uh, Even though I think... He's French. Yep. He was on a cell phone. Yep. Internet was spotty. Yep. Great. You're really selling it. Uh, content is good. Absolutely. So, uh, interesting interesting uh, person uh, and an interesting um, world that, that mm -hmm. it's turning yep. out to be, and I am looking forward to seeing more. Yeah. And I also think it's an interesting team that... Yeah, because it is a so it's Inkplot, which is a, a team of a handful of people. Um, I like how they said normally live someplace, but are now stuck somewhere else because of COVID. You're like, oh, okay, that must be odd. Like if you were vacationing somewhere and you're just stuck. Yeah. Now living someplace, unless it's Bali, that would just be amazing. Yeah, I know when people are never mind. I'll won't, but just when they're like, does anyone want to give up their ticket? And you're like. I'm in Mexico. I, I don't have a problem with this. And then some people are like, I'm in South Dakota. You're like, get me the F out of here. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we are going to go jump mm -hmm. to our interview with Mr. Balten. Tall.
All right. Thank you. <laughs> and we have joining us is Renaud Bartons. Uh, I think I said that right, maybe. You did. Close. Uh, how are you doing? I'm fine. Fine in Canada. Stay, are you are staying uh, quarantined and isolated? Yeah, as I usually do, because I play a role-playing game all day. Uh, so I think uh, you are the person that is behind Exalted Veils. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm both uh, the writer and the author of the book, and uh, but I also um, part of the team, really uh, at the core, with the people who helped me for uh, publishing, and of course the artist. And what is Exalted Veils? So kind of tell me about the world in which the you know the campaign lives, and just what you know what people could expect if they if they kickstart this. So first thing, yeah, the content of the book is pretty uh, simple. We have one campaign. A one full campaign that goes up to level 16 and to go along with it because it's it's in a very special setting in a special region we have the other half of the book is to uh, describe exactly what's in this uh, very special setting mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's just a, a guide of this region the exalted bells got it and is it for dnd um, fifth edition yes it is uh, fully compatible with the rules of 5e but the part which uh, the, um, present the region is like any DM can use it in every other kind of fantasy world they have. So there's additional classes and races, things that people could take from this book and put in their world. In the book, there is a part that can't be reused because we really go deep to be really 100% 5e compatible, like the new classes, the archetypes, but there is a large part of the book which is about the region and uh, ideas and uh, thing to fill in the world. And that, that a DM can clearly reuse in any fantasy setting. Got it. So that part of it isn't D&D &D 5e specific. You could use it for Pathfinder. Um, you could use it for, you know, first edition, second edition, anything, right? Exactly. 100%. And of course, the, the campaign itself, when it goes down to NPC or some kind of precise explanation sure it's 5e but it's also very easy to 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 use for any dm who is comfortable with his own uh, rpg what archetypes do you get and then have you made new classes what are the new classes i tried because, because i of course you see i love all this content so i did one of everything we have new uh, classes new archetypes but also new backgrounds background features, I love them. It's a small thing, but we also have this. And um, I can't present you everything because uh, I'm a game designer. Mm -hmm. So this is for me the easiest part to do. So there is a lot of content in the book. So uh, I can only, I will present you a few of, uh, of them and why I, I went this way. So, yeah, so what's, I mean, just let's start with your favorite. Like, which one did you like to create the best? You know, which one is the best for you? What's your favorite? Uh, that's a hard question. Well, uh, I'll go with a new race mm -hmm. because it really illustrates one of the main points of Exalted Veils. So it's, uh, it's a new race called the Faithborn. And they are not really born. They are brought into existence because somewhere, someone had a very deep um, will to something to happen. Mm -hmm. 
And that will was so strong that in this region where uh, mysticism and magic can be very real, without there, you know, it, it happened like a mother who really has a, an unbearable pain of losing her son can wish so much every day to have a son, her son back, this fate bomb will, will appear and it will look like her son. So they are fate bombs. And uh, first it's, it's really a new way to imagine a character, but also I like it personally because then you, you change the way how you work your backstory. It's not who are my parents, where I'm born, how I did my, uh, when I was young. No, it's why am I there? What, what mm -hmm. happened? Who, who wished for me to exist? So that's, that's it. That's the fate bomb. Ah, so you may not even, you may be fate born, but you may not be born to that person. So I could very much wish for someone to be there and they could be born on the other side of the world. And yes. we would have to maybe find each other. <laughs> that could be yeah. a thing, yeah. Yeah, even more, because that's that's an option for the players. He, he may even not know why he's born yet. So it can be even be a quest for him, why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And he may be full of uh, positive uh vibes and then he may he may uh, realize that he was born because someone hated someone else like this lord he, he needs to die and then when he arrived in his village people wished for him to come just to kill him oh that's uh, well that's that could be a a lot of discovering and a lot of work with the dm right mm -hmm. that sounds super fun yeah it does um any other classes i mean i read some of the stuff that you've done um, and it's it's the machinist, right? That's a new class. Do you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about uh, that? Mechanist, uh, yeah. How do you say it? <laughs> mechanist. But okay, we are not one hundred percent sure for the final book because we okay. remove the H, the H from machine to make it a bit different. Okay. Yeah. But this one, this one, yeah, is is a class I, I like too because I that's my personal taste right here. I love when things don't go exactly how it was planned. Oh, it's a bit strange. I think in RPG that's. That's a fun part. So his main ability is to be able to shrink down objects in small mm -hmm. uh, kind of cubes, and then he can use them later and they take back their original size. And I think that brings a lot to uh, of creativity. The player can really think, but he can't change the items. He needs like a, more than 10 minutes to change an object. So it's not like I take an object and I make it disappear. No, no, you have to prepare it in your belt. And that, but then maybe what what you need is not exactly, you know, the items you have shrink down are not exactly the one that would help you. So you have to improvise. Like, you know, it's, you really need uh, a letter, but you don't have a letter. But if you have something that works a bit, but it's, it's always going to be a bit strange for your for your fellow companions. Like, so and we did a lot of play tests. It was mm -hmm. always in the end. It's it's. It's always a bit cartoonish, a bit funny, like, you know, like it's, yeah, it's right. something else. It works a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a very good, a very good part of this, uh, of this new class. Cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's talk a bit about the book itself. So it is, are you doing, is this for a print run? And are you doing like a hardcover book or soft cover? What does the book look like? It's a, uh, hardcover and of course a pdf version and um, that's it we want it like high quality because obviously you have the core book you can play you don't need anything else so 
in our mind, it's really like this is extra stuff. You need something really beautiful. So uh, we are going for a high quality printing, hardcover, and as much illustration as we can. Uh, we're thinking one every two pages, if I can go, or minimum one every three pages. Okay. And is that dependent, how much artwork? Is that depending on how much you raise in the Kickstarter? Yes. Uh, this and also, also because, it, it, yeah, it's a question of budget, but not, right. not, really, not really depends on the fund. It's when we will be working the final version. If I want a full double page colored with like a large CD of Lucerne, the one which is in the free scenario, that's a lot of time for the artist. So we may have to remove a few illustrations here and there to stay on the same uh, budget. So since we're building on a 5e world, essentially, um, is it easy for a new DM to pick up the book and run the campaign or to kick up, pick up the scenario and run the campaign? Or does somebody, do you suggest someone who has more experience run it? That's, that's question has two, two, uh, two answers. If we're okay. really just, if we're really just talking about, um, the campaign itself, mm -hmm. read and run it as people can already see in this introduction scenario, we have free to download. I really take the time to talk with the DM and really say, I, I don't start with, it happens here, this NPC is here, he's doing that. No, first I have a full chapter always talking with the DM saying, that's my intention. I want your players to feel this, to feel that. And I'm doing this with this tool and this tool in the story. And now I will explain it to you. I will have the details. So I'm sure it's for any, any DM. The other thing though is, we are going to talk about this is what is exactly Vels. And um, in exactly Vels, I really want to, to change the way we are playing in a, in a fantasy world with far more uh, mysticism in the everyday life. And on that part, it's, I think it's, it's, it's not about being an experimented DM, but you need to take time to really um, understand what, what is this setting to, to have um, to have a, a nice flow when your players are in this world, because other way you, you're going to, you will be caught. Um, how do you say that? When you're not prepared, you're not ready to, yeah. to, uh, uh, yeah, to have all these small details ready for your players to really feel in this world. And this is the second part of the book. This is a guide. And for your question, maybe it's a bit harder to, to, to really take, take a full, full explanation and be ready to, to, to use it yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's That's either good. that or maybe you just need yeah. to be a little bit more creative and have a theater background, it sounds like. It's, if we can talk about this, this is a topic I could, uh, I could switch to, the, mm -hmm. to uh, an important part of Exalted Bells. And I want yeah. to, uh, as an example, uh, in the role-playing game Numenera, I love the Numenera setting. Okay. But in Numenera, you're supposed to be in an incredible world full of technology people don't understand but use in everyday life. Mm -hmm. And I myself uh, DM'd a lot of Numenera and very often on the fly, it's very hard to just say in this street, you see people passing and they use a, uh, and you, you right. like, like every second, imagine something which is crazy, both crazy, but people use in another way in their everyday life, which is more like a medieval, uh, 
-hmm. technology level, it's hard. It's very hard. And this is what we I want to do in Exactly Bells. We have a lot of example to help the DM. Is in Exactly Bells, the question is, what if mysticism and magic is just in everyday life, where mysticism transform into something real? Not only the high priest can resurrect someone. That's one thing, but that's you in Lucerne, for example, the city of a thousand oracles. Everybody can have. There is so much energy for um, divination that it, it 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 affects everybody. So we have we will we show a preview about this. We have a, a small guy who is doing small box, some wood box, and he sells them for five uh, uh, piece of gold. And what's inside is just he used his um, precognition to try to guess what you will need when you will open it, <laughs> like a Schrodinger box. So. Players right. can use this, and in the rule, of course, to, to explain how I can do that, we just say in the rule, like in the meta gameplay, when you open the box, you just pick up any items in the in the player handbook list, which costs mm -hmm. five golds or less, and it's inside. Oh, nice. That's, and that's, that's just a small shop in the town, but that the small details as a DM, maybe hard to imagine on the fly, and then you have in the book to help you many small details that would make make your players smile and oh oh okay it's uh, not it's not much but it's it gives it a special feeling that's good yeah cool so mm -hmm. I, I was actually in you talk about the song i was reading through that introductory module which which we are playing thursday thursday mm -hmm. april 30th sure <laughs> um i i really like how you set that up early with those like these are the feelings these are the things that i want you know the tension level that I think should be there. I think that's really great to have in there as a DM just to prepare me for uh, playing. So I, I really like that aspect of that module. And from what I'm gathering, the rest of the campaign is has very similar chapters. Is that true? One thing, very important thing, we have a hard time because it's our first project. On okay. playing game, and we had to decide: is the free scenario going to be at the level of the campaign itself, which is uh, um, very high, high standard in uh, in terms of uh, complexity, NPCs, um, uh, a lot of social interactions. We were like, this is a demo scenario. Everybody should be able to download it and play it for fun in a few hours. So we we lower it down a bit. So just you read it. There is something which is a bit strange and mystical that can make, there is something to discover in the story, but the story itself, I wanted something simple so everybody can play it. So the rest of the campaign, I still want to have this, always trying to talk with the DM and explain what's in my mind, but just the level is a bit, is a bit more complex, okay. less, less linear. So I have a question that we that just came up when you said that you said this is my first rpg um what did you do before that and how like what made you say i'm gonna make exalted veils like what was that thing yeah so first i'm a game designer i'm a lead game designer i've been working for 15 years in the industry mm -hmm. and at the same time all along my career i'm playing role-playing game i'm playing role-playing game all day and <laughs> What happened is just like, now I have the full team. I know a lot of artists. I have uh, a lot of skills to do balanced uh, rules. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have this, I have this feeling that 
mysticism is not really at the at the core, or it can be explored. It can be explored a bit more because this is just me. But often we are in uh, in our uh, fantasy uh, world. But except the fact that we know that some priests can resurrect people, which is impressive. But in everyday life, it almost looks like there is the God are not really here. You have normal inns. You have your arbor. You have ships and uh, like a normal medieval town so mm -hmm. i wanted to see so what what could it be what could it be and uh, the other thing is i had this really giant campaign i've been playing like with three different groups and after the third one i talked with a friend and we said maybe we should edit it we should we should have it we should have it for everybody and i say well why not we have the skill we have the team that's it so what were the challenges from saying we should edit it from that point where you're like, we've got the team, we should edit it. What challenges did you have along the way to get from that thought we should do this to where you are today? Well, almost none. And that's why I say, why not? Because when he talked to me, he's in the publishing industry. So he said, mm -hmm. I can do the printing, the shipping, I, I, I quality control. He's uh, publishing books for kids since a okay. few years. So he knows exactly how we're going to do it. And for the artist side, for the illustration and everything, mm -hmm. since many years, I'm in contact with a lot of artists. Um, it would be even clearer when we will uh, launch the Kickstarter page. So I have even have to, to, to stop him to put more. He wants to animate it each, uh, each title. I'm like, that's okay, that's okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we really went, and that, maybe that's why we, we started the project. Because we're mm -hmm. like, we, we have a green line on everything that is important in the project. Mm -hmm. We have arts, we have a campaign, we have an author, we have illustrator, publisher. Mm -hmm. That's it. So who are the other key people on your team? Uh, so we have uh, William Martin, uh, who is the, the guy who is working in the publishing. And, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, we have a very talented artist, uh, Alexander Tofanov. Um, and you can see almost all the arts in the free campaign, free scenario is from him. And we have two other guys who is going to join us, two French people, Sébastien Offrère, and uh, he has an art station page as well. And Carl um, Lagadec, who is uh, mostly working in the video game industry, but is an uh, old style, is uh, more doing pixel art and things like this. So he's, he's very good to uh, drawing stuff. Okay. And, and your team is spread out then all over the world, right? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Well, because of the virus now, we have one member team who is in uh, Thailand, which is not supposed to live there, but for now it is. But yeah, we are mainly, we are mainly uh, cut in between uh, Montreal and uh, France. When we do giveaways, we, we, uh, can, we ship to US and Canada, but we exclude Quebec. <laughs> because of their, uh, their lottery laws make giveaways difficult. Okay. So I, I just so think what's it's- your point? I have no point. I okay, just think great. It's, I just think it's interesting. And they speak French. So, so yeah, when do you plan on <laughs> shipping the RPG and just based on how the economy is going and how things are you know, going right now, do you foresee any like uh, issues with um, fulfilling your campaign, at least with the physical copies? Um, we decided to be on the safe part. Mm -hmm. um, we have, I have written all the campaign. 
and we did a lot of playtestation for the the rules. Mm -hmm. So I think we, we should be we should be ready within a year. I think far less, far less. But but uh, William Martin, who is responsible for the printing, it's it's still something he did in the past, but mm -hmm. not in the really in the same uh, in the same field. So he said, let's be safe. And so we let's be honest, we just checked what kind of uh, time usually RPG Kickstarter campaign said. So they, they are on ab about one year for the delivery. So it will mm -hmm. be a bit less than this because we have a lot of material already ready. Okay. So yeah, I say less than a year. Mm -hmm. And why did you to choose Kickstarter um, to, you know, as the platform to launch your campaign as opposed to just doing something on drive through RPG or you know, self-publish or something like that? Now, this one very simple question is just because we have uh, material for the campaign, as I said, it's ready, but uh, all for the arts and for all the formatting and all that stuff, we'll need, we need funds because the book is, is not ready. It's not ready on, okay. uh, on its final form. So that's it. And for drive-through or other publishers or platform mm -hmm. to, uh, for distribution, we may we may use them when the book is ready. We we don't mm -hmm. know exactly which one we'll take or if, we, but it should be available somewhere else later. Great. So, unless uh, do you have anything else you want to tell our audience that might be interested in the Kickstarter? I don't know. No, I I don't think so. I just said like we, we're going to we have a our Facebook page already live, mm -hmm. uh, and we are yeah we are a small team, and uh, I think one thing I could say is just. If anyone has any question, we are we are chatty people. If they want to ask anything or anything, we, we can we can talk. I, I love to do that. It's not like like the giant company who just has advertisement and that's it. Uh, we are here and we are available. So where where do people reach out to you? Are you about Twitter? Are you Discord? Where can people find you? I'm too old for this. I'm I'm Facebook. <laughs> All right. So the Exalted Veil Facebook page is that is that what it is? Yep. Exalted okay. Veil Old People Facebook page. That's what it is. That's it. All right. Well, cool. So thank you, Renal. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, I look forward to running a small group of people through this. Yep. I look forward to destroying your world with my chaotic ways. <laughs> it will not happen. It will blend <laughs> in perfectly. I'm just saying, I have Firebolt and Magic Missile. What could go wrong? <laughs> True. Yeah. I need to do something with the fireball. <laughs> All right. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, and be sure to, uh, we'll let, we'll let everybody know when your campaign is live. Yep. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, link to all that information below. So thank you. Thank you very much to you. And we're back. So I hope everybody enjoyed that. And also I hope that you will enjoy our destruction of Renault's world on <laughs> yeah and that too <laughs> and name and native language and all the other terrible things that we do um over on our twitch channel on thursdays i don't know what day we're playing anymore besides 14th. just the third okay May so the 14th. Four, the 14th and if yeah. you don't see it live on twitch it is on youtube as well yes it is in our one shots and short shots one shots and short shots shouldn't have named it that playlist shit shots is where i feel that was going <laughs> uh also on the short shots podcast oh well. yeah this thing th shows up there 
Anyway, so that's it this week. Too much talking. Thanks very much. Yes, thank you. Bye.